Hey there, friends of Holy Shenanigans Podcast. I'm thrilled to share that I'll be recording live from the Wild Goose Festival this July 11 through 14. Wild Goose Festival is a transformational community grounded in faith-inspired social justice. It's a one-of-a-kind gathering that brings together activists, artists, and seekers from all walks of life to explore justice and art, spirituality, and community. The festival will take place at Van Hoy Farms in Union Grove, North Carolina, and I'd love for you to join me there. From engaging workshops to inspired panels and interactive experiences, Wild Goose has something for everyone. So mark your calendars and let's be part of this incredible community that is committed to making a positive impact in the world. For more information, visit www. WildGooseFestival.org. As one of my followers, use a discount code A-TLE24. That's A-TLE24. And you'll get $50 off the price of an adult weekend ticket. We will see you there at the Wild Goose Festival to connect, to build community, and to work for social justice. Welcome to Holy Shenanigans. I'm your muse, Tara Lamont Eastman, a poet, a pastor, and a podcaster. In episode 92 of HSP, A Walk with a Paraclete, we hear the hard truths about the call of love and are joined by special guest author and theologian Rebecca Trotter from The Upside Down World as we walk together on the long journey of faith, hope, and love. Walk with me for the journey is long. 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 The journey, the journey, 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 the journey is long. This traditional South African tune, Hamba Nathi, tells the truth about the realness of living a life of faith in community. The journey is long, and we're called by the grace of the Creator to walk together and work together. I recently remembered this tune as I was preparing to preach for Pentecost Sunday, a day where we celebrate the gusty arrival of the Holy Spirit in Acts 2. On Pentecost, we wear red and often confirm youth as adult members of the church body. Also, we have cake. In all this glorious celebration that is Pentecost, I would be remiss to forget to speak of the disruptive nature of the Holy Spirit as well as the joyous ones. And so I ask you to walk with me on a story of disruption in a walk with the paraclete in this story of holy shenanigans. It was late, way later than we should have been out. 
This trip to San Francisco and to Northern California over 14 years ago was a dream come true for me. I was literally California dreaming. A new friend had offered to host me on a whirlwind seven-day tour of the area. As I was doing research on faith communities being church in new ways, I was about to return home with my head and heart full of ideas and dreams. And now it was well past midnight. We had barely made the last train out of the city, and it was going to be a long and challenging night. As we got off the subway, we learned that the connecting train to take us to our stop had stopped running. Also, there were no taxis or Ubers. And after walking miles and miles of the city all day and night long, we had to walk many miles more so I could gather my things and catch a very early flight home. My friend and I were exhausted. And as we started walking this very long, unexpected last leg of the day, I tried to make the best of things and fill the night air by recounting each moment of the trip. I was trying to hold on with words to the days behind me to get in all the things I needed to say before I left. But all I heard in response to my many, many words in the middle of the night was the sound of our feet pounding the sidewalk and the birds starting to sing because it was close to dawn. This silence was not the farewell I had expected. Why won't my friend talk to me? As I listened to the sound of our feet and my words and the birds, suddenly my friend stopped short and said, I need some space and briskly moved off of the sidewalk and into a deserted street. We continued the rest of our walk in silence. I wasn't abandoned on that street in Los Gatos, but I felt totally alone. After seven days of adventure, my spirit was filled to the brim, and in those four words, I need some space, my cup was overturned. On that mild night, stars twinkling and trees blooming with fragrant flowers, and my heart dropped to hear the words, I need some space. But they told me the truth. It was hard for me to hear it, but it was their truth. Originally, I had thought the purpose of this trip was for me to learn from communities of faith trying to be church in new ways. And while I learned a great deal about that, I learned more about the need for true accompaniment that leaves room for truth risk, and love. Relationships, ones that have space for truth, risk, and love, especially when things are hard, are more precious for it. Frederick Buechner wrote, wherever people love each other, are true to each other, and take risks for each other, God is with them, and they are doing God's will. And so as I think about these readings from John 14 and 16 that reveal a community of love, truth, and risk of Jesus and the disciples, I consider a community that risks something and someone new, something I need to learn more about. 
This theme of doing something new, of seeing and experiencing the presence of the Holy Spirit in spaces of rushing winds and disruption, is a place I recently found myself in this whirlwind conversation about three and a half questions of love with special guest, theologian, and author, Rebecca Trotter. Thank you so much, Rebecca, for joining us this week for Holy Shenanigans. I'm so glad to be here. Thank you for having me. This year, I've been asking guests three and a half questions about love. What do you love about being you? God has really brought me to a place of being able to simply be myself. And there is this comfort and ease and naturalness to it. And when I'm in that, I can just flow and I can engage with people in ways that are healthy and healing and affirming. And there's just this instinct to it. It's not hard. It's not trying. I'm not sitting there going, oh, I wish I would have said that. I wish I would have said this other thing. I can just be and that's enough. Everyone says, oh, be who you are. Who am I, right? And one of the things that I went with was, it's what I'm drawn to, what I like. If I'd like it in another person, that's probably because it's part of who I am Mm -hmm. as well, you know? Even in scripture, how many times does scripture tell us, you know, to love our neighbors as we love ourselves? If we don't have that love of who we are, it would be really hard to love somebody else. You know, in my experience, I actually was better at loving other people than I was at loving myself. Mm. And I had to start like really challenging myself. How would I view this if I was dealing with a friend? Mm. How would I view this trait if I encountered it in a friend? You know, like I think there's a tendency to let the people who don't like us or the people who are critics of us tell us who we are. God delights in us. We should delight in ourselves and each other as well. And so it's kind of learning, you know, learning to love outwards sometimes I think can help you learn to love inwards too when that's something you're struggling with. Yeah. Well, and in a way it's like activism in the world can also teach us to be an activist for our own needs, right? I don't know if you are aware, I actually spent six months working on the streets of Portland directly with unhoused people there. I've worked with organizations in India and in Pakistan that serve their local communities, uh, vulnerable people who otherwise just are not going to be tended to. And it is a constant discipline because I'm coming in contact with people who other people have lots of opinions about. Mm. Other people know exactly what's wrong with them. Other people know Mm. exactly what they should be doing differently. And even, you know, just this, the discipline of equality mm-hmm. to stand next to somebody who is in some way disfavored and to really believe and know and act and, you know, have it in your heart. This person is just as valuable as I am. This person is just as beloved as I am. Mm-hmm. This There is not like me and then everybody else who needs to get their act together or my people and then all the other people who are waiting for us to show up and like fix things for you or something. Mm -hmm. It's just people. Mm -hmm. Scripture says God is close to the brokenhearted and how often are our teachers and our leaders really going to the brokenhearted and saying, tell me what God's about right now. There's a great deal to be found there. Yeah, I I often refer to those opportunities as a thin space or a tender space. Yeah, and there are a lot of people who are just living right there, you know, <laughs> they don't always have the structure or the ability to move in and out of it because life gets really overwhelming. I mean, it's a rough world out there. Yeah, yeah. 
Perhaps you have a story about love or a way that you learned about love in a new way. I saw a girl wearing a t-shirt from a local church that said, becoming more like Jesus and less like me. And it just struck me that we're out in the world telling everybody, let us tell you how ugly you are. Let us tell you how you're not okay. Let us tell you how unworthy you are. And that's our message to people. And that is not loving, but really at the end of the day, that's what we think. Generally, it takes effort. It takes discipline. It takes mindfulness. It takes awareness to actually develop the ability to love people as they are and not just the people you like and not just the people you approve of, not just the people you feel bad for, but everybody. When I really wanted to quit, when I really wanted to be like, you know what, forget it. I'm going to, you know, I don't know what I'm going to do. Something ridiculous, something, you know, out of line with my beliefs and the way I've lived life so far. What I came back to is it's worth following this path that it's worth going into hard places, that it's worth sticking through hard things, that it's worth keeping up the fight just to stay alive even sometimes. And so it really was me deciding that I love us as humanity, as human beings enough to take part in the experience of being human, even when it's horrible, and to do whatever I can to try and make it so it's less horrible. You know, I can't fix everything, but if we're all doing our parts, then hopefully over time it'll accumulate. And, and I mean, we generally aren't whipped at work anymore, so things do get better at some yes, point. You know, but if we can <laughs> keep accumulating and hopefully hold on to some of these improvements in the way that we live, the way that we treat each other, the way that we think about mm-hmm. each other, then that is worth sticking around for. And so really it's just that love of us as humans that we are valuable and we're worthy and we deserve good things. Mm-hmm. I always think of the words of John Lewis, you know, to be about the work of good trouble. And so that is my next question for you, Rebecca. What do you love to do in the world? What I really love to do is sit outside. <laughs> I love to watch plants grow. I love to watch nature I love to uh, sit and contemplate. I love to sing. I talk to the trees. That is, I miss my calling to be a hermit in the woods. (laughs) But I do, I go into these spaces to pray, to reset, to be. It brings me a reality check. And then when I go out into the world, I'm sure I'm like a stranger in a strange land. I've been. (laughs) Can you say a little bit more about your work in activism? I started in prison ministry back in college. You know, I was like, oh, prison ministry. Jesus is to visit the imprisoned. Let me go. I was just this little (laughs) overly enthusiastic uh, person. (laughs) And now I'm following on that Um, for a long time. It teaches you. And I think we need people who've actually gone out and gone to the places that we're told to go to, that very few people actually do, and talk to the people who their people don't talk to. Because, we, you know, everybody has lives and such. But to be able to actually see what's going on, again, that reality testing, you know, mm-hmm. it's very easy to have opinions about people you've never met. It's very easy to think that you know solutions to problems you've never tried to address. We're so busy being good that we don't know how to deal with everybody else who's just struggling to get by. And then what good are we? 
it can be really a very big learning curve if folks haven't had the opportunity to engage in direct ways with that kind of activism or that kind of outreach work. And I think of many different times where, you know, I'd bring somebody alongside of me, if, like say an after school outreach in a church building and the, the look of surprise <laughs> in this very contained space, but just like, oh, real life just walked right in the door and like, woo, <laughs> showed you know, a perspective and- that they had never understood. But there is also beauty in that opportunity mm-hmm. too. I wish that there was a way to like go back in time where the story of Pentecost takes place, right? Mm. And be like, Mm -hmm. oh my goodness, right? People think that disciples are drunk because, you know, why would they be speaking differently? And why is everybody all speaking and understanding this? You know, talk about a situation where the status quo is disrupted. You know, if you look at scripture, it's all stories of people who are doing things that everybody around them were going to disapprove of that made them, you know, we are like, oh, look at how wonderful and faithful they are. That wasn't the view of everybody around them at the time. And Rebecca, I was just going to ask you what your message of love for the world was. I think we need to be much kinder and gentler with each other, honestly, simply to look out for somebody's well-being. How can I do this in a way that looks out for this person without giving up myself either? You know, that both and Mm -hmm. um, thing, I think, is a very important aspect of love. Yeah, I agree. So, Rebecca, um, it's been wonderful to talk with you. And I want to make sure that people can find you out there in the land of the Internet. Where can they connect to your work in writing and in all that you do? The Upside Down World is my website. It's www.theupsidedownworld, all spelled out, .com. Um, I actually have a merchandise store that people are welcome to check out with just some fun things in it. I also have a Sunday sermon series that I'm doing, and you can find links for that at my website. Just seven to 10 minutes of your old-fashioned, I say short, sweet, and deep, um, (laughs) as this sermon should be. People are welcome to find me on Facebook, Rebecca Trotter. You can look for me or the Upside Down World is there as well. Wonderful. I'd like to give you a blessing today, if I could. Thank you. Rebecca, know that you are beloved. Know that even in the swirlingness of these days, that even as the world spins, the sun shines, the flowers bloom. And that even the soil deep underneath is alive with life, with earthworms and critters and things that we sometimes don't like to think about. But life is there. And may you know that this life is in you and with you and radiating out into the world and making the world a better place in and through you. Blessings to you. As we say goodbye to Jesus in this gospel reading, we say hello to the advocate, the advocate who spills the cup of what was so there is room for something new, the advocate who says we must let go of our drive for perfection, who challenges us to lean hard into grace as we try and fail and try. The advocate takes us to new places and to new people and moves us from what was to what is before us now. In lonely places, the advocate is there.
in confusion, the advocate is there. In hard circumstances, the advocate is there. In loss, in fear, in the call to be church in this new time, the advocate is here. Remember Beekner's words? Wherever people love each other, are true to each other, and take risks for each other, God is with them, and they are doing God's will. In these words from Beekner, I'm reminded of that awkward late-night walk in Los Gatos. On that walk, I wanted to stay in the past and reminisce. I wanted to live in a dream world of days past, and my advocate of a friend woke me up. They called my attention to the world that was right in front of me. Their words spilled the cup of what I knew so that it could be filled with new things. Beekner's words also remind me of all the ways that we have opportunities to love each other and to be truthful even in difficulty, to take risks for each other. Our time of learning and change continues, and the Advocate is with us. Our interactions with the Advocate are not always warm, fuzzy, or comfortable, but they are necessary to help us grow as disciples of Jesus and advocates for others in need of help. This is the call of the advocate, to love, to be true, and to take risks for one another. So as I recount the story of this awkward walk with the paraclete, and in this season of Pentecost, I wonder what your advocate paraclete stories are. Who has loved, risked, and been a truth teller for you? Who in the world might need your love, your risk, your truth? For whom will we as individuals and church take risks to love and to be true? As we continue our journey through the Pentecost season, I pray a blessing on each and every one of you that you will know the presence of the Holy Spirit in all of her gusty, powerful, disruptive, and abiding love that this day will be a start of a new chapter in your faith story, as well as a reminder to all that are gathered with us as a part of this long journey of faith. Today's poem is a segment from the Celtic Daily Prayers, Aiden Readings. When we start at the center of ourselves, we discover something worthwhile extending towards the periphery of the circle. We find again some joy in the now, some of the peace in the here, some of the love in me and thee which go to make us the kingdom of heaven on earth. The waves echo behind me. Patience, faith, openness are the sea, or the road, has to teach. Simplicity, solitude, intermittency. But there are other beaches to explore. There are more shells to find. This is only a beginning. I am your Holy Shenanigans Muse, Tara Lamont Eastman. Thank you for joining us this week for Holy Shenanigans that surprise, encourage, redirect, and turn life upside down, all in the name of love. This is an unpredictable spiritual adventure that is always sacred 
but never stuffy. Thanks to Ian Eastman for sound editing and Rebecca Trotter for being this week's special guest. It is true that today we are challenged to love, to be true, to take risks in and for a new world that needs us with and by the presence of the gusty, powerful, disruptive, and loving Holy Spirit. In all of this, remember, we are loved. We are not abandoned. We are called and empowered to try new things in truth and love for the sake of one another. New times more than ever call us to risk, truth, and love.